Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. G'day. Welcome. This is Better Than Yesterday. Thank you for being here. This is a podcast that's here to make your day-to-day better than yesterday. I'm Osha Ginsberg, and this podcast has been here since 2013 to help you make your day-to-day better than yesterday. Something that you hear on this show and every show will do just that. Help make the day better than it was the day before by having conversations with people from all over the world, all walks of life, some of them experts at what they do. You'll hear something that might just change the way you feel about something, therefore making your day more better. That's not correct English. I'm Osher. I'm a uh, TV host. I'm a podcaster. I'm an author. I'm a stepdad and a dad and a person who does a lot of work on planes with in-flight Wi-Fi. What a time to be alive. And I am here Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Mondays and Wednesdays with a guest and Fridays I'm here with you. I'm also in Men's Health Magazine as a columnist, which is very exciting. So yeah, I'm uh, returning to Men's Health, not on the cover, just in the, just in the inside. But yeah, uh, writing there at the moment. So that's super cool. It's nice to be stretching my fingers again and doing some writing. So very grateful to be doing that. And hopefully over the next few months, I'll get to write some more, which would be super cool. I just wanted to check in with you. I've been traveling. I've been in Darwin, in the top end. And I adore the Northern Territory. If you've never been there, I'm here to tell you, you just got to go. You just absolutely have have to go. An incredible place. I've been lucky enough to have been going there since, oh God, about the last 20 years or so. And it's an extraordinary place that is full of unbelievable nature, incredible wilderness, exquisite experiences of the physical and and the spiritual and the intangible. And also it's quite, you know, I guess it's kind of confronting because in the suburban parts of Australia, uh, certainly the parts where I live, we don't see the effects of colonization on our indigenous culture. However, there, it's absolutely quite stark and it's difficult to see how intensely colonization has affected people who were there before the white people. And that in itself is a lot to bear. But I guess the the last time I was in the tropics, north of the Tropic of Capricorn, that is, I went a little bit nuts. It was right before... Wolf's birthday. By birthday, I mean Wolf's birthday, like the day he was born. So literally three years ago, as we speak. And I was there with Audrey and Georgia. We were up in the Whit Sundays and I'd been off meds for a while now, maybe a year and a half or so. And I was starting to go crazy again. Now, if you know anything about my story, you may know that I uh, went kind of nuts 
and I was experiencing episodes of psychosis that manifested as paranoid delusions, and it was all around climate anxiety, like intense, super visceral climate anxiety. And some of those things were involved, like visions, really troubling visions and, and you know, things that I would, would flash into my head that caused extraordinary pain in my body, uh, mostly of, of flooding and inundation and things like this. And we were in the Sundays, and I was there with Audrey, very beautiful, very pregnant. You know, I think we were six weeks out or eight weeks out from Wolfie being born. And Georgia, uh, she was 15 or 16 at the time, 16. And in what would have otherwise been the most beautiful, idyllic, glorious, you know, couple of days in the tropics, I was just savaged with anxiety and horror and agony because I couldn't look out the window of our hotel room because everywhere I saw storm swells just destroying everything I could see. Everywhere I looked, I could just see really low-lying islands that would no longer exist by the end of the century. Uh, cultures that were just being going to get washed away, you know, r- river systems just destroyed, reef completely gone. And that's a shit of a person to be on holiday with. I'm going to tell you that. I was getting really short, really cranky, really intensely rigid in my thinking, unable to deal with plans changing, unable to deal with, let's go over here. Oh, actually, no, let's go over there. That was it. You know, stuff that happens on holidays. Let's go to the beach. No, let's go to the pool. And then me going, you know, just unable to change course. It was really hard and way worse for Audrey and G, I'm sure. And it got to like the last day that we were there and I was clearly struggling. I was clearly, you know, the not only with the, you know, stress of Wolfgang arriving, but also the climate spookiness was returning And Audrey just basically pulled me aside and she said, and we were on the plane home, I think, when she said so. She said, "Um, you need to get back on your meds. I can't have you losing it like this. I'm going to need you around for this baby. And when I'm in it, I can't see it, all right? I don't realize that it's happening. I just know that it was really painful and hard and it was very hard for me to change my mind. Everyone was really annoying I didn't realize that I was being the rigid one that was therefore making everything annoying. And she said, you're just going to have to get back to your doctor and get back on your meds. And because I know to trust her and because I know that she knows what I'm like when I'm well, I knew to go, right, if she's saying something's up, something's up. I emailed when we landed, I think I emailed. The next day I was in to see my psychiatrist. And the next morning... I started again on the meds, which I've been on ever since. And over the years of being again on these SSRIs, quite a low dose compared to what I've been on, I pushed really hard into uh, exposure therapy because I realized, like, I can't go on like this. I cannot. This is always going to be there unless I take care of this. I had been putting off taking care of it because it was so difficult and painful to get to deal with. And I really pushed hard into exposure therapy. I've spoken about this before, but, you know, it involved essentially sitting on a beach in Fiji every day when we were shooting Bachelor in Paradise and looking at the village, which was, you know, on the other side of the wall from the hotel we were staying at and seeing the two or three houses of the village, which probably used to be 10 metres from their shoreline and were now having waves wash up underneath the stumps that they were on and just being with how horrible that was. It's tragic. It's awful. Understanding that 
the island that these people live on is being swallowed by the sea and hundreds of years of centuries of their culture is going to vanish and they're going to have to move. And this place and this space and this reef and everything that involves them and their culture that is so tied to this place and their quality of life and the way they raise their children and the way they are who they are and how they identify is all going to go. And it's awful to be with. And I just, every day I do that. I just sit there and watch the tide come in. Really painful stuff. What it did, though, was eventually uh, just kind of maxed out that reaction in me. And so what used to happen is if I was in a plane and I was landing into a low-lying area like uh, like the Netherlands or Tonga or, you know, know, somewhere parts of northern Queensland, Darwin is really like it's big, you know, the mouth of uh, the Adelaide River is essentially, that's, you know, Kakadu, it's a big big kind of river mouth floodplain. It's barely a metre above the sea level. I would be flying into a place like this and I would just see visions of cataclysm and horror and be extraordinarily uncomfortable. But I spent three days in Darwin and I was completely fine. It doesn't change how horrible it is. It's still horrible when I think about it. It's fucking horrible. And lives are going to have to change and things are going to have to shit and things are going to have to move. And I know we'll figure it out, but I just wanted to share with you that there was a time in my life when I couldn't possibly, I would never have believed it if you told me that I would one day be able to do that. It was beyond my comprehension that I could ever be able to think differently about this thing. And that every time I was confronted with this kind of vision or, you know, a warm day when there shouldn't be a warm day, that I would plummet into a horrific, painful hellscape of body sensation and able to think or do anything and just become cranky and rigid in my thinking and agitated and, and just hard to speak with and hard to be around. I didn't think that would ever be different. I thought that's how my life's going to be for the rest of my life. It's going to be like that. But thankfully getting back on the meds and really pushing into the work with, with my psychologist, whose um, her modality is acceptance commitment therapy and really committing to that acceptance commitment therapy. And something I still do every day, mind you. I'm now in a place where I can do that and be there. And I can't even describe it because it was so impossible at a time in my life. I didn't believe it was ever, ever, ever something that could happen to me. Now, that that might not be your thing, but I just wanted to share that with you that with the right doctors, the right meds, and being willing to be with how difficult the exposure therapy can be and how sometimes difficult the work can be, you can give yourself a a, a brain that sees the world so completely differently you don't even recognize what your life used to look like and therefore open up possibilities you never, ever could believe existed. And so at the same time, it's super sad. It's so sad when I think about how much of the Adelaide River will become under the high tide line and how much of Kakadu will go under the high tide line within 100 years. It's so sad. And yet, it's a different kind of sad than it used to be. I'm kind of okay with how sad it is now. I'm not resigned to it. I'm not surrendering like I give up. Hell no. I'm an acceptance of it because being an acceptance of it means I can now get into action about it. And I think you'll know by listening to this show that 
I'm not one to shy away from getting into action about these sorts of things. But there was a time when I couldn't do that. And every time it happens, it blows my mind, you know? So yeah, if someone you love says, hey, you need to go back to your psych, you probably should, because they're seeing something you might not be able to see because you're inside of it. And you can't think your way out of difficult thinking with the same brain that's using difficult thinking to think about difficult thinking. It doesn't work. You're actually going to need someone else's ideas. So if someone else says, hey, you should probably go see someone again or at all, you should probably go. You should probably go because these things get worse. And just know, like, I remember when I first got sober, I couldn't believe that life could ever exist without alcohol. And people told me that it could. I was like, you are telling me like that's as real as the book I read, Wolfie, where the dingo and make some friends in a cave and they all have a party. No, the dingo's going to eat everyone that comes to visit everybody in his cave. Come on. You know, I'd say it was about that real. But it is. And, it, you know, it took two psychiatrists and a really good psychologist and daily work. But it is. It's, it actually happened. Didn't fucking believe it. Yeah, here we are. It's amazing, man. I just wanted to share that with you. So whatever it is in your life that you think this is how it's going to be forever, it doesn't have to be. You've got to work at it. But it doesn't have to be. Your brain's a really wonderful, malleable thing. It's like Play-Doh made up of neurons. And you get to reshape it as you, grow, as you get older. It's, it's hard Play-Doh by the time you get older. So you have to work out it a bit. But you can do it. You absolutely can do it. I wanted to tell you about Monday's guest, and I'm so excited for Monday's guest because on Monday, you and me get to sit down with Melanie Zanetti. Now, if that name means anything to you, you'll be super excited. If that name means nothing to you, then let me tell you, Melanie Zanetti is also the voice of Chili Healer, which... Uh, is on IMDb of the top thousand TV shows of all time. The episode Sleepy Time of Bluey is the second most popular TV show in the history of television of the top 1,000 TV shows right behind Ozymandias from Breaking Bad. And if Bluey doesn't mean anything to you, well, get yourself an ABC iView app or a VPN to check out some Bluey and you get the weekend. If you've never watched Bluey, I want you to watch Curry Swap. I want you to watch stories. I want you to watch space. And then I want you to watch sleepy time. So that's four episodes. There's six minutes each. So it's 24 minutes of your life. And then you'll be ready to understand why I was so freaking excited to speak with Melanie and Eddie on Monday. So thanks heaps for listening. Thanks to everyone that helped me make the show. Bruce Deal on research and production support. Andy Marr, who cut it all together. Mike Mills, also known as Toe Hider, who makes all the music. You can find him on Twitch and Instagram. And Rachel Barrett, who makes all of everything happen. Until we speak on Monday, sleep well and dream of beautiful things. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.